Welcome to the Green Feet Podcast. I'm your host, Robert, and it is great to be back with an awesome episode this week. All right, this week we talk new putters from Cobra, a possible new wedge for Cleveland, TaylorMade Mini Driver, and the big sale of TaylorMade to a Korean investment firm and what it could mean for the industry. All right, guys, so we're going to start this episode like I do every episode with Bourbon of the Week. This week, I'm drinking a little Buffalo Trace. I don't have much in my glass, but... I am having some Buffalo Trace. Now, it can be hit or miss to find, but right now, I got a decent amount. I actually did a uh, blind taste test about a month ago, and it won against some of my other favorites, so I am pretty sure that I'm going to keep it around constantly. All right, so that's what I'm drinking this week. So go make yourself a drink, sit back, and enjoy everything the golf world has to offer. All right, so... Normally, I like to end with the most exciting story of the week, but honestly, the TaylorMade story is a big one and what I think should finish. So I'm actually going to start this episode with the most exciting story of the past two weeks, in my opinion. And what is this news you're asking? Well, Cobra is back in the putter game with two brand new lineups of putters. The first lineup we are going to talk about is the vintage lineup. Now, the lineup includes five putters, all made of 304 stainless steel. So it's going to feel really nice. It's going to feel like almost every putter on the market when it comes to uh, the actual steel being used in it. You're getting stainless, not carbon. You hardly see carbon anymore. I prefer carbon, but um, like I said, you never see it on the market anymore. So uh, stainless is kind of the mainstay now. All right, so in the lineup, you have the Vintage Sport 45, which is the classic answer to plum- plumber's neck shaped head. Then you're going to move to the Vintage Sport 60, which is the same head shape, just it's got a flow neck, so it's going to give it a little bit more toe hang. The Torino is going to be a mid-sized mallet with a very rounded back, a lot like an Odyssey Rossi. Um, you may remember that. They uh, reintroduced it a couple of years ago. That Rossi shape, the Odyssey Rossi was actually the first putter I, my first like big name putter that I ever had, and I loved it. I actually bought a replica of it and it's sitting in a golf bag in my in my uh, office right now where I'm recording this but uh the Torino is a mid-sized mallet with that rounded back looks a lot like the uh Odyssey Rossi it's got a single bin face balance design so what that does is that helps you if your goal is to go straight back and through um sometimes toe hang isn't great for that and with uh this putter being a single bin face balance design uh this may be the one for you that's straight back and through um stroke the next model is the nova which is basically a number seven designed head so it looks just like that odyssey number seven um honestly i'm gonna just keep it 100 here i don't see how this got through with that without a cease and desist from odyssey it looks just like the number seven at least when others do it and pay uh pay respect to the seven by uh by copying it they change it up a little bit but this cobra didn't even get close i mean it looks just like the number seven so the final putter in the uh vintage lineup is called the stingray 
It actually looks a lot like that Scotty Phantom X putter. So kind of the it's a it's a mix between the the Phantom X and the Spider. It kind of looks like a TaylorMade Spider with some wings at the back of it. It's pretty cool. The triangular wings. It, it, like I said, it looks a lot like that Scotty Phantom X putter. Um, not my personal favorite shape, but I I do know a lot of people like that shape. So uh, it's gonna get some play out there. Now, all of these putters feature 10 grams weight that can be changed to dial in the swing weight and really get that feel that you're looking for. If you want something heavier, you can go with the heavier weight, something a little bit lighter, you can do that as well. Um, so that's pretty nice that you got these changeable weights in it. What's funny is that's almost standard in most putters now. I mean, my White Hot OG that I'm playing with has, has removable weights. Uh, my Adele has removable weights. Let's see, what else on the market? The spiders have removable weights. Pretty much everything is it has a removable weight now uh, so that you can really dial that in. Now, that's exciting that it does have those uh, removable weights that you can change. But the other exciting part about these putters is the use of the Sick Putters face technology. So Sick Putters is a brand, a uh, boutique brand that has been making putters. Their most famous client is obviously Bryson DeChambeau. He's been using their stuff for a while. Um, and since he's on the Cobra staff, it's pretty cool that they kind of work together to, to get Bryson something that's branded Cobra, but Sick is going to make some money off of it and uh, license their technology out the Cobra. It also gives Sick some validation that, that their technology really does work. If a big brand is willing to uh, license that uh, technology, also willing to put their name on it, not just license it, but willing to say it's Sick Putter technology. Um, something that Cobra would have to believe in to do it. Now, what is this technology? This technology is descending loft tech. So um, how it works is the top of the putter starts at four degrees of loft, and then it kind of goes down as you get closer to the ground. So the top portion is, a f is four degrees of loft, then the next part is three. The sweet spot's basically a two, and the bottom, bottom part of it is going to be one degree of loft. Now, the explanation for why this is good is actually pretty easy. So, when you putt, your ball sits in a depression. If you've ever read the Dave Pell's Guide to Putting, your ball sits in a little depression, and, and most putters have a little bit of loft, and that's to help get it out of that depression, and then get the ball rolling um, as soon as possible. You don't want it to skid. Um, so, you want a little bit of forward roll on it, things like that. Um but why this is good is it allows you to have the same launch condition from shot to shot depending on how the club is delivered, right? In a traditional putter, maybe one putt you hit up on it a little bit, the next putt you hit down on it a little bit. We're all amateur golfers, right? We all can have some inconsistencies in our stroke. But when you hit down on the ball, or I'm sorry, when you hit up on the ball with your putter, you need less loft and you're going to hit the bottom of the face, right? Go, stop what you're doing, stop go hit a putt and hit it on the upswing, you're going to hit the bottom of the face, so you're going to need less loft because you are delivering it on the upswing. That's going to pop it up a little bit itself. So you have that one degree, whereas at the top of the putter, that means you're coming down at the ball and you're pushing that ball down into the ground. Well, if you're doing that, you want to get max loft on it so that it pops it off the ground and gets rolling pretty true. So overall, I think it's a great idea. When I've hit a sick putter before, I was a fan of it. I thought they felt great, um, but the price has always kind of scared me away from getting a sick putter. Um, I, I like the idea, 
And uh, when I when I've checked myself on Sam Putt Lab, it seems like something that could benefit me as well. So these are definitely something I'm going to look into. And the other cool part is it's aluminum face. So uh, that putter is done with aluminum. And it's crazy. The one putter I've ever had that was an aluminum-faced putter, I absolutely loved. And honestly, I should have never got rid of it. Um, but it, it is going it, to it, – I'm, I'm pretty excited about these, especially – uh, the fact that Cobra's getting back into putters and that sick technology is a pretty cool technology and one I'm excited to, to see hit the mainstream market. Now, that is only one half of the Cobra putters and the other half of the Cobra putters has me even more excited. Cobra's releasing the first ever mass-produced 3D putters to the market. Now, National Custom Works has been doing this for a while, but they are a one-off custom shop they do like one release a week, but it's like a couple of putters. So while they were one of the first and probably the best well-known person uh, company making 3D putters, Cobra's going to be the first one to mass produce these 3D putters. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you will probably remember a, a while ago that Cobra introduced a special limited release of a 3D printed putter. Um, that, that one was 3D printed metal, while these are actually a nylon material. That nylon material is going to be a little bit lighter. And I would assume that nylon instead of metal is faster and cheaper to make. We all know how expensive uh, metal can be. And, and nylon, you know, we use nylon in everything. So I would assume that it's faster and cheaper to make overall. Now, the concept, though, is the same. So why is 3D putting good and, and useful in, in golf club manufacturing? So what it's allowing Cobra to do is... It allows them to get some structures inside the head, which provide the support needed to keep the head together and able to withstand the forces that the putter is facing. But they're severely reducing the weight inside by making these lattice-type structures. So they're doing support without needing a giant chunk of metal. So what that does is it allows them to save the weight on the inside, kind of make this putter hollow, and allows them to use all that extra weight to push the weight to the outside of the club and really maximize the MOI and the forgiveness. Why? A lot of putters now are, you know, when we think of the most forgiving putters on the market, we think of the spider. Um, we think of things like the Odyssey 7, things like that, where we are really trying to pull weight to the outside of the clubs and stabilize it. And if you could take away weight from the middle of the club, what's awesome is you can really move that to the outside. And and Cobra's done a great job with this. The other cool thing is these putters also have the sick putter faces with that descending loft technology. So you're going to get that technology. You're not just getting the 3D printing technology, but you're getting that descending loft technology. Now, you're going to see, I want to say, Four models, and the first is probably my least favorite in the whole group. The Grand Sport 35 is the oversized blade design. Now, it does look a lot like the one that was released a few months ago, and I wasn't a fan of that, and I'm not a huge fan of the look. But to be honest, I'm just excited it even exists. It it's kind of big and ugly, and I'm just not a fan of the way it looks, but the technology in it, 
the fact that we're using tungsten weight in a blade that's pulled to the back just has me excited overall. The next one, I when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know about that. It, it kind of looks weird. They didn't do a great job of hiding the technology. But I got to say, as I've looked at it more and more, it is really growing on me. And it's probably my favorite one in the entire lineup. It's the... It's the number seven shaped head, that Odyssey number seven shaped head. And they did a great job of making this one look futuristic. I personally love the number seven shaped head. I have it in the white hot OG. I, I prob I've used it throughout my golfing career, as you could say. The whole time I've been playing golf, I've always kind of liked it. I had an original Odyssey tank that was a number seven. I've had a... Um, Versa number seven. I just, I like the way that shape looks. It looks good to my eye. And this one is no different. And and what's cool about this one, like I said, they made it look futuristic. They did a great job of visible, visible technology. That's something that's really important in golf clubs. And honestly, it's important in sales of anything, right? My current job, I have, um, I, I work for a company that um, really pushes technology in their industry and it's very consumer facing and consumers like to see the technology that they are getting right it's why the uh the speed frame of the epic speed is so successful right you can't see it in the actual club but what did they do what did they do with it they put little bolts at the bottom to make it look like a screw so that you can see that, oh, check this out. I can actually see that this is where the speed frame attaches to the head. Um, TaylorMade, with their with their little goo that they put behind the face in the M-Series, right? In that M5, M6, and even with the Sim, they have those screws on the face that uh, their injection port tuning. They could probably do that without needing to screw into the face, right? Um Ping did it with their with their crown, right? They they have that dragonfly technology in it. Could they hide the dragonfly technology? Yes, but we all like to see the technology. And I think in this case, they did such a good job of hiding it while also showing it. As crazy as that sounds. There's a lot of technology built into this club and you're able to see those little structures on the inside and how the weight is moved. And I think the design of it is just great on the Supernova. And the final model is going to be the Agera, which is the spider-shaped model in the lineup. It also looks like that Phantom from Scotty Cameron. Uh, the, the most unique feature on it, though, is the middle of the club head is gone. It's got a bar connecting the back of the club and the front of the club. But you can literally see straight through this hole in the middle of the, in the club. Right? Now, what does that do? One... You can say it helps with alignment, right? If you just have that one bar, you can help focus that. You can point that at your target. So that's going to be one thing that they do. It also helps stabilize the head. But the biggest thing it does is you don't have weight there in the middle. There's hardly any weight in the middle. So what can you do? You push it to the sides. You push it to the rear. And you maximize that MOI. That MOI on this putter is one of the highest on the market, if not the highest on the market, according to Cobra. I think these putters could be real winners for Cobra. And... What a way for them to get back in the putter game. Also, 
like I said earlier, I'm so excited to see something we've theorized about actually happening, right? I've seen articles like, why can't we 3D print golf clubs? What will it mean when we can 3D print golf clubs? Honestly, it feels like we live in the future. All right, so moving on. The other day, a couple of pictures leaked out of a possible new full-face grooved zip core wedge from Cleveland. What does a full-face groove mean? It means the grooves on the, on the face go all the way from the heel to the toe, whereas a traditional wedge, they kind of stop out on the uh, before they reach the, the toe of the club. That kind of traditional look that you see with the irons, things like that. Um, I, saw, I saw some pictures of it leaked from a website in Australia. Um, I actually reached out to Cleveland, and it was basically neither confirmed nor denied. But then a few hours later, it popped up on Cleveland's Australian site. So that, to me, feels like it's a confirmation. Now, I got to say, it looks nice. And if I'm being honest, I'm kind of upset I bought my zip cores earlier this year without getting the full face ones. I love the way full face grooves look and the way they play. It allows you to be really aggressive with flop shots knowing you would get the grooves all the way out on the toe. When I hit a flop shot, I actually aim to hit the toe of the club because that really helps me make sure that the club is clear. Um, and so when you do that, I actually will hit it out on the toe where there's no groove. And so it it's really nice to know that the grooves go across the whole face. I do wish, though, that they would have... Uh, release these with the regular zip with the regular zip cores. Now it does look like it's only coming in the tour chrome finish, but damn it, I would have I would have had I would have taken one. Uh, overall, good job by Cleveland there. But this does lead me to a slight detour. Why can't companies just release their entire lineups at the same time? I'm so tired of getting my hands on something and testing and testing it out, only to have something that could fit me better come out a month or so later. That's right, I'm looking at you, Titleist. Why just release the TSI 2 and 3? Right, I was looking for a driver at the beginning of the year. I tried the TSI 2, I tried the TSI 3. I tried the TS2, I tried the TS3. I tried the TS4. And, and so I found the ping that I like, but the TSI 4 could have been a better fit for me. It's not like they didn't know that the 4 was coming out. They knew damn well a month later that the 1 and the 4 were coming out. Release them all at the same time so that I as a consumer can make an informed decision about the best club for my game. It's so aggravating. For a long time, all of us gave TaylorMade shit about releasing new product all the time. And now, the ones that we always said never did that, Titleist and Cleveland Strixon, they just pulled the same shit. Right? It's insane. It's not like they developed the TSI 4 and the 1 after the 2 and the 3, and they were like, oh, okay, we finally figured this one out. No, they knew it was coming. They knew they were going to release it. It's not like Cleveland just got approval on the full-face grooves. It's insane. It drives me nuts that we can't just release everything at the same time. Why do we have to have these mid-season releases? Now, I know you're going to tell me it's so that people keep buying throughout the year so that you don't sell everything at the beginning of the year and then watch sales fade off. But I can tell you right now, having been in the industry, sales fade out throughout the summer. People are playing golf. They're not getting fit for clubs anymore. And right now, everyone's got delays on their clubs. So just release it all at the same time so that a consumer can go in, 
test everything and actually get the bag that's best for them. Because I'll tell you right now, there are people who bought the TSI 3 thinking it was the best driver for them, only to go back and try a TSI 4 when it was released to find out that they get lower spin with it and they have a better fit with the TSI 4. Now, they're probably not going to buy the TSI 4 because they just bought a TSI 3 and they're going to be pissed and they're probably not going to buy a Titleist again. I'm just saying release everything at once so we can do what we need to do when we go in with our fitters, when we go into test clubs so that we can make informed decisions. I I can only imagine that there are people going, oh, I'm not going to buy the TSI 3 when it first comes out because they might release a 4, and then their season comes up, you release the 4, and then they don't have the club for their club championship because you decided to hold out so that you can make a few extra sales in June rather than in February when you make all your other sales. I'm tired of it. We have to stop this. All right, sorry about that. Let's move on. Now, this next club I'm going to talk about, I honestly don't have much on outside of the fact that it exists. So what I can tell you is that TaylorMade is going to be releasing a titanium-faced mini driver called the 300 Mini Driver. Why is it called the 300, you may ask? Well, it's going to be 300 cc's. It's going to have a V-steel sole and, a, and, like I said, a titanium face. So it's going to be hot. Now, if you're fairly new to the game, you're probably wondering, why would anyone want a mini driver? Well, there are a few reasons. The first, there's a smaller area to miss. On a smaller face, it's a lot easier to hit the sweet spot, right? The golf ball is only so big. With a big face 460cc club head, you can hit it out on the toe and way miss the sweet spot. You can hit it in the heel, miss the sweet spot there. Now, you can do this with 300cc head uh, mini driver, but it's a lot harder too. That high toe shot is less likely to happen, that low heel shot is also less likely to happen. So um, that's, that's one reason why you could go with the 300 or with the mini driver. Um, they also tend to be a lot lower spin. Okay, that that uh, center of gravity is going to be a little bit closer to the face. It's going to help lower that spin a little bit. But with that, you do lose some forgiveness though because there's not as much weight around the perimeter. It could spin a little bit. That MOI is going to be a little bit lower. It's also at a at a three-wood length, so a little bit better control. So if you can get the, the hot face with the three-wood control, that's something that you may want to do. Um, the three-wood itself may have a little bit more loft. It also, um, the, the it may not be as hot. It, it won't be as forgiving as the 300 head. So it kind of fits right there in the middle. Um, I actually had one and I liked it a lot. Um, one cool thing is, is if you hit, uh, you know, you can replace the three wood with this club. Maybe you only hit three wood off, off the tee box. Well, why would you not just use something that's 12 degrees of loft off the tee box? That's going to give you a little bit more control than your driver. It's three wood length. You never hit it off the deck. So that doesn't really matter. So if you use the three wood primarily off the tee, this may be a good option for you. You can get that control in, get a little bit lower spin than your than your three wood, and uh, maybe get a hotter face with that titanium uh, face, lower loft, hit it a little bit further. Definitely something to take a look at if you exclusively play your three wood off off uh, off the tee. I play mine off the deck a lot, especially on par fives. 
and I like hitting three wood. Um, I hardly ever use it off the tee box, so I may not use this one. Um, whenever I'm looking at a at a uh, mini driver, I do see how it plays off the deck, right? If I can hit it off the deck and I can get good height with it and I can make good shots with it off the deck, why not give it a go? Get a little bit more distance out of it, get a little bit closer to my driver, bring some par par fives into uh, into play that can really help lower scores. Um, I'm not saying that it's for everybody, but it's definitely something you could look into. The final story I want to talk about was one that kind of came down and and uh, got me got me pretty interested as soon as I heard it. I was actually I don't know if I was shocked because we had seen some rumors that they were trying to sell TaylorMade. What I will say I was shocked by was the fact that it was sold to a Korean firm for 1.6 billion with a B dollars. That is insane well the next question is what does this mean for the golf industry as a whole well i gotta say considering it was sold by adidas four years ago for around 400 million dollars and was flipped for 1.2 billion dollars in profit that shows some proof that the golf equipment industry is thriving now we didn't necessarily need this sale to tell us that but it does help solidify that knowledge for sure right everyone was talking about especially when TaylorMade was being sold four years ago that golf is dying golf equipment sales are tanking but um with golf being one of the best activities you can do outside especially during covid it's no wonder tea times are booked and clubs are flying off the shelf right now there are huge delays in uh getting equipment right now and that's because demand is so high but also it's just kind of hard with the global supply chain being what it is right now. Pretty much in any industry, if you know somebody in in uh, if you're in a different industry outside of golf, which I am, I I would say that uh, the global supply chain is pretty screwed up right now. Um, so that could explain part of it. But also, we're seeing uh, demand for golf clubs higher than than we've ever seen. Uh, the data that is coming out is staggering. Callaway just posted record numbers. Uh, Akushnet, which is Tideless, posted record-breaking numbers it's just insane right now now the next question you may have is what does this mean for tailor-made now if i'm being honest i'd venture to say not much right if you if you buy a company for 1.6 billion they're doing something right and, and are doing things the way you probably like them to so you're not going to go in and and completely change change the market and change everything that they're doing you're not going to go in and clean house right uh, seeing them bought by a Korean company is interesting, though. Um, I I have to wonder if we're going to get some special Korea-only releases, um, or do we start seeing a really large presence out on the Asian tours? What does this mean for Shrixon is another big one, right? Shrixon's a Japanese company, and we see them dominate Japanese the Japanese tours uh, and, and a lot of the Asian tours. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, the Korean parent company of TaylorMade is going to push that a little bit. Uh, they're having worked for a Japanese company. I know how um, important it was for them to try and get in with some of the top names in in Japanese golf. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if we if we see that. Um, will this also give them a larger presence on the LPGA tour? Right. Um, we all know uh, South Koreans dominate the LPGA Tour. That's not to say they win everything, but they are a large presence on the LPGA Tour. And um, with TaylorMade being 
Corrine owned now. It, it could be interesting to see if we start seeing more of those tailor-made backs start to start to make a presence out there. Um, I don't really see release cycles slowing down. I don't see them increasing them or slowing them down, or even for the product to drastically change, but it could be something to be on the lookout for. Another thing you might want to look out for is uh, a lot of tailor-made branded clothing, right? They already make hats that have tailor-made brand on them, uh, shirts, things like that. But really, they're not their own clothing company, right? Um, those things are made by other companies for them. They 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 license it out. They they pay for their logo to be on hats for these companies, things like that. But the company KPS that bought TaylorMade is actually in the fabric and textile business, so that really could be another avenue that they begin pursuing, right? You could really start to see them. Um, Hop into polos, shorts. Um, TaylorMade's never really been in that business. They kind of, I mean, Adidas was with Ashworth and they kind of owned Ashworth and moved on with them. But you don't see much Ashworth out there anymore. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens here. All right, so overall, got to say it was a very exciting couple of weeks for the golf industry. Kind of funny that TaylorMade gets sold on the week that the first week in 30 weeks that I haven't uh, done a podcast and was spending some time with my with my family. Uh, kind of funny that we we get that. Um, like I said, great couple of weeks for the golf industry. Also, great time to travel and see some family and celebrate my cousin's first birthday. Now, I chronicled my trip to Florida on my Instagram where I'm trying to do a post every day for a month. So far, I have come close to missing only one time and one time only. Head over to Instagram and follow me at the Green Fee to follow that, that journey. On Twitter, I spout some hot golf equipment takes on the daily at the Green Fee One. And on Facebook, you can find me at the Green Fee. I also plan on posting some content this week on my YouTube page, going a little bit deeper on making golf more affordable. You may remember that podcast a couple of weeks ago. I got some good examples from a local store of how you can actually get in the game for under 300 bucks with some brand name clubs that will uh, that'll last you a while and get you out on the course where uh, your friends aren't making fun of you for them either. All right, so until next week, have a great week and hit them straight, folks.